Welcome to a new episode of the Film at Lincoln Center podcast. In anticipation of Jia Xuanku's latest feature, Swimming Out Till the Sea Turns Blue, opening in our theaters this week, we're revisiting our conversation with the filmmaker from the 58th New York Film Festival, moderated by NYFF programmer Kay Austin Collins. The preeminent cinematic chronicler of 21st century China, Jia Xuanku turns his sight to the more distant past in his surprising, complexly wrought new documentary. In Shanxi province, where Jia grew up, the filmmaker gathers three prominent authors to create a tapestry of testimonies about the drastic changes in Chinese life and culture that began with the social revolution of the 50s. Jia tells a wide-ranging discursive story that functions as a reminder of the essential power of verbally passing down history to future generations. Continue the conversation with the filmmaker by tuning into a virtual live discussion on June 2nd at 8 p.m., hosted by the Asia Society. Go to filmlink.org swimming for tickets and more information. So I feel the need to start any Q&A right now, seeing how we're doing this uh, via video conference with the question of how are you? Mm,这个现在我在北京,然后也是刚刚从我的家乡回来,呃,从这个二月份中国爆发疫情到现在,呃,前一个部分呢,就是和很多人一样都在家里面,呃,就是保持社交距离,没有办法离开家,呃,主
呃，农村是中国最主要的社会形态，城市很小，可能在过去只有像上海、北京，呃，称得上是城市。那么农村的生活，它形成了我们的呃伦理，形成了我们的生命经验，看待这个世界的方法，形成了我们人和人相处的一些办法。呃，那么这个改革开放以后，从七十年代末开始。经济开始发展，那么特别是最近十几年，中国剧烈的城市运动、城市变化，大量的人口离开了农村，啊、呃，他们进入到城市生活，呃，那城市发生、呃，农村发生很大的变化，就是人们，呃，很多城市的人口更第二代、更年轻一代，城市的这个居民，其实他们的父母都是来自农村，他们的生活也受到了长期的农村生活的影响，但是。我们对于自己身上这种文化基因是不了解的，所以在这样的一个背景里面，我觉得要了解今天中国的困惑，了解我们个人的困境，了解我们很多在城市里发生的无法解释的问题，需要回到我们过去的生活的过程，比如说我们曾经经历了什么，这些经历对人有什么样的影响？比如说整个影片的第一个部分就叫做吃饭，啊，在今天中国吃饭已经不是一个问题，但是在在三十年前、四十年前，它可能还是困扰每个人的一个问题，啊，那那这几几十年也是解决吃饭问题的一个过程。那么就是这样的一个问题，它对我们的行为，对我们理解这个世界的方法，产生了什么样的影响，我们是不知道的。但是当我们回望、回过头来看，获得这个农村生活的经验，去了解它的时候，可能我们会理解很多发生在现在的情况。So for Chinese society, it has been rooted very much in the rural areas and the modes of production, agricultural productions, and the mass populations actually lived for generations in this particular context. And in terms of urban cities such as Shanghai, such as Beijing, they were the mainstream cultures because the the most the vast areas in China is very much the rural areas and also populations. Are very much living and reside in these rural areas rather than the urban cities. So I do think that after the message and dramatic transformation in the 1980s, have this uh, in terms of the economic powers uh, of China that they have, uh, have experienced uh, in the past decades, I do see that the there's a massive migrations of the rural. Populations into the urban cities, and this type of urbanization create a very interesting dynamic between generations. A lot of second generation children that they actually were born in the urban areas or urban environments, whereas their parents are actually from the rural areas and rural environments, and that kind of generation gap to really create certain conflict among these uh, people because. Very much so, the the parents' generation, so the older generation, they're very much informed, and formed uh, informed by the the ethics, the values, the ways of living, the ways of creating interpersonal connections and relationships uh, in those rural settings and rural cultures. So that I think the root of the conflict and the difficulties and the problems that we're experiencing now have a lot to do. With that kind of generation gap, or that kind of misunderstanding, or lack of understanding of where we came from, which is the experience and the、uh, environment that we were in way before the urbanizations, 
And that's the reason why I want to somehow focus on not only spatially uh, what happened in the rural areas and the changes among these years, but also temporally how things have changed throughout the years. For example, the first uh, chapter called Eating. This is very much at the root of a lot of problems, difficulties, the parent generations uh, in the 30s and 40s that they experienced. And the past, um, I'm sorry, in the past 30 and 40 years that the, 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 the problems that the country has experienced in terms of hunger, in terms of poverty. So I do think that in order for us to understand uh, the, the rituals of how we eat now, and how things have changed and find out the experience in the past, we need to look back on how people uh, ate or, being, or not being able to eat uh, 30, uh, 40 years ago through the recollections of these authors talking about what the eating experience was like back then. You know, that, that explains a lot. Um, I'm thinking back just to the fact that we, from the early scene of, of the and older villagers eating, we immediately start the story of Ma Feng arriving at the village and talking about irrigation and talking about cultivation. Um, and from there, the, the entire story of the film seeming to blossom out of this story of how the village, um, how the village's uh, circumstances were changed by mutual aid groups working together to figure out a way to improve the situation of food and then moving on from there. It hadn't really, I mean, it, it is pretty, it is pretty direct. Uh, it's like a very clear starting point for the film in a way that seems obvious now, <laughs> but, but um, it's really gotten me thinking about that actually. I wanted to ask you, I mean, I wanted to pick up on that point about um, the intergenerational tensions because it really interested me, for example, in the chapter on journeys the young couple sharing headphones, um, the, the noises of phones and, and, and technology in contrast to these rural histories that we're hearing. Can you talk a little bit more about, about um, when you talk about the, the problems between generations, um, can you elaborate a little bit on that? Because that was a tension that I very much felt as I, as I was watching. 一直到海水变蓝从人物上它是由中国的四代作家四个世代来构成的马芬活跃在五六十年代那么第二位人物贾平蛙是五十年代出生的第三位作家余华是六十年代出生的第四位作家梁红是七十年代出生的他们出生在
，呃，我觉得内在的一个改变，实际上就是有有有有有有一种啊、呃、群体的生活、群体的意识，逐渐的又回归到个人的意识。我觉得这个变化还是挺明晰的，在这部影片中。So I intentionally selected four authors、uh, to recount their memories and their stories and their experience, and these are four authors from four different generations. For the first author, Ma Feng, he was most prolific in the 40s and 50s、uh, in terms of his literary work.、Uh, whereas Jiao Pinghua, the second author, he was born in the 1950s. The third author. Yu Hua, he was born in the 1960s, and the fourth author,、uh, Liang Hong, she was born in the 1970s. So for me, it is interesting to see how these different four generations of authors that、uh, that had different impetus, the different motivations to write what they are writing about、uh, throughout their careers as an author, and I do think that you can see very clear distinctions going from, for example, Jiao. Jiao Pinghua or Ma Feng's generation, that、uh, when they deal with the issues of hungers or poverties and all the other social issues, it's very much in this collectivizations, that kind of collectivism concept, and to somehow find solutions or somehow depict what it was like back then in their stories. Whereas when the story moved to Yu Hua, you can see that how. That particular era is very much about leaving the collectivizations or the collectivism behind, really trying to seek out or strive for that sense of individualism, that kind of individual identity about individual rights, about individual freedoms, and all the way to the Liang Hong. In this case, actually, the son of Liang Hong, the fourth author, you can really see that the the effects of modernization, urbanization, and how that have impacted. Uh, this particular generation. So I do think that it is not so much so about just the technologies in terms of how、uh, the headphones or、uh, the, the iPads that are using. Of course, that's part of the progress that we we can see from the from the outside in terms of exterior. I do think that more importantly is what's the changes and transformation in terms of、uh, within. Uh, including the ideologies from the collectivism all the way to individualism and other、uh, ways that people start to think about and value things very differently as a result of these transformations. And and as someone born at the latter end of the spectrum that you're talking about in 1970, I believe,、um, I'm curious because this is these tensions and these changes are things that reappear. I feel in in your work something that I I really value about your work is that you are mapping out this、um, cultural shift and the ways that personal lives and spiritual lives are inseparable from these broader changes. So I'm wondering, I mean, just as someone born in the latter end of that,、um, what is it like to be? Looking backwards in this way,、um, it, it seems very, very important to your work that you are able to look backwards, and it seems important that this story、um, is rooted in a place that's personal to you. 嗯，实际上我觉得他跟呃
，就是当我们在中国的社会现实中生活的时候，呃，我们经历过很迅速的变革，呃，比如说我本人，呃，七十年代末产生的变革是我所经历的，呃，那么这这种变革它带来的这种改变很清明晰。但是，呃，就是，呃，呃，另外一方面呢，就是我们可能，嗯，如果往一个更长的时间角度去观察的话，这种改变它是一直在发生的。有的时候会缓慢，有的时候它会剧烈。但是，不管是缓慢还是剧烈，甚至有的时候会你会感觉停止，会感觉静止不动。但实际上，如果在一个比较长的时间去观察中国社会，它一直在改变，而这个改变它是由不同时代的人一代接一代的人在推动。这让我想起一个中国的著名的一个古代的故事，就是愚公移山的故事，啊、呃，就是它从某种程度上就是也是对于我们来说感受到内在的这种变革的力量是是重要的，特别是在今年这样的一个氛围里面。啊、呃，我相信，就是，呃，这种前进的推动的力量，它还是一直占主流、占主导的。我希望呈现这种、揭示这种、这种事实。The reality I experienced in the 1970s is very much my own personal understanding of the dramatic transformations that we have experienced as a society. And I do think that even though it is clear to me what changes that we have made. But at the same time, in order for us to understand what actually goes on、uh, within the Chinese society, we need to put it in a long time span, and only in this particular context we can understand that there's one thing that is constant, which is changes. And I want to、uh, somehow tease out this concept that、uh, the changes that we experience might be clear to us. But sometimes, if put it in a historic context, you will realize that sometimes these changes come slowly. Sometimes it come、uh, these changes they come suddenly, and sometimes you just hit that stagnation period that there are no changes at all. But no matter what, changes are constant. And in order for us to somehow move forward, we need to somehow still have that、uh, understanding that even though that certain changes might come slowly, but the society is changing, and we need to almost as if evoking that particular、uh, very famous Chinese stories of someone who was just moving. One rock at a time, trying to move the whole mountains, and that is exactly、uh, what I'm trying to present with、uh, this particular documentary. It's to tease out that the, the changes in different generations, while they might be different in terms of its speed and its scale, but、uh, we are changing, and we also want to、uh, somehow continue these changes,、um, no matter. What we are somehow discouraged at times, but these changes are coming, and changes are necessary for us. Hi, I'm Clinton Crute, and I'm Devika Girish. We're the editors of Film Comment. The Film Comment Letter is a free weekly digital newsletter featuring original film criticism and writing by Film Comment's editors and brilliant contributors. The letter delivers exclusive features, reviews, interviews, streaming picks, news, and more directly to subscribers' inboxes every Thursday before they're published on FilmComment.com the following Monday. Sign up today at FilmComment.com to get the letter every week.
Support independent film journalism. Support film comment. I'm interested in, in specifically, um, with all of that in mind, the focus here on literary figures. Um, part of what strikes me is that they, to a person, all very beautifully, I think, uh, describe and elaborate on exactly these ideas. I'm curious about, about your relationship to the changing literary landscape and the ways that literature's purpose and role in reflecting and, and taking account of these changes. Um, you know, I'm curious about your curiosity about that because it is very, you, you know, you integrate excerpts from many works, you give us that great uh, sense of literary festival and, and people's voices overlapping. And we hear, I mean, just even to your point about intergenerational um, differences, we hear even within that moment of, of just literary festival, so many overlapping but distinct um, accounts of the ways that even that village had changed. Um, so I'm, I'm just curious about, about uh, literature's role here because I think it's um, very pointed and part of, for me, what was very moving. 文学的变化也是跟中国社会的变化一样也是充满了也是非常的剧烈就是写作的形态的改变写作类型的改变就是过去可能我们的文学在八十年代之前是不够个人化的就像影片第一个部分他们所讲到大部分是集体生活 呃，那时候的创作也有很多是集体意识的反应。那么八十年代之后，所谓思想解冻，从贾平凹他们开始的改变，就是带来了个人的书写。从一种集体意识的书写到一个个人经验、个人记忆的书写，这这是中国文学在
that kind of transformation from collectivism to individualism further somehow changed into the, the contemporary authors, they tend to go from the individualistic personal memories to very, very private memories of their own. So it's not just personal, it's actually very intimate, very private uh, information that they're sharing. And this is very much about either the identity issues, whether or not it's about the, the most private uh, um, aspects of their lives and their, their beings that they are sharing with the, uh, with the readers through their words. For example, Liang Hong's work is very much about the not only personal memory, but also private details of her own life. And it's in the nonfiction uh, genre. So I do think that you do see how the literally landscape changes along with the overall uh, backdrop of the uh, transformation in the society. I'm curious, I mean, something that I feel when I watch every one of your films is I, I just walk away overwhelmed by the vastness of, of the scope of, of your films. And, and, um, and I mean that in terms of both where the stories go, but also the, 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 the number and the range and the types of questions that you ask in every film. Um, and, I, and I'm just wondering how, how that happens in a way. Um, I, I'm wondering, and because this, is, this feels, I mean, it, it feels, I think, uniquely special to your work that, that one can walk away with um, such an abundance of, um, an abundant sense of, of the worlds that you're depicting. And, and, and in you know, a two hour runtime, you seem to do far more than most people do in, in, in much more time. So just as you're approaching these stories, I'm just so curious, and or organizing, for example, a nonfiction, nonfiction material into a documentary. Um, how do you get a handle on, on the scope of these things as you're making them? Because it truly is, I just think it's, it's, it's unparalleled for me. 嗯，我想可能这种呃努力是跟我们我目前生活的感受有关的，因为呃我经历了这种呃从没有互联网到有互联网，逐渐的我们生活在一个信息特别多，呃可以说是充满了碎片化的信息，包围的这样的一个呃
获得一种历史的角度，呃，去去去理解自我是很重要的。它可以说是我的一个需要。I think it's come out of necessity as a filmmaker. I do think that right now, my life experience and it's very much informed by the environment. The technology that I am in, I lived through pre-internet era all the way to the internet era, and I do think that after internet becomes such a、uh, ubiquitous technology, it somehow created this particular environment that is overloaded with information, and also the information we are receiving have been very much fragmented, and that actually have a huge impact. On how I live and my experience, my memories. Somehow, I feel that I am puzzled by my own experience, by my own memory, just because of the fragmentation and also the overload of information I'm receiving now.、Uh, so, in order for me to somehow unpuzzle、uh, the situation, not only as a society but also for me as a human being and my own upbringing, my own background. I think that it will require us to somehow stay away from that that type of fragmented way of thinking about time, and that's why I rely on the long span of temporal elements and journeys in many of my works in order for me to somehow take a look of what really happened and what is my true experience, my own true memory, or our society as a whole, our. National memory and national experience,、uh, in a more holistic and more historical way, so that、um, we will have a clear pictures of what we actually experience and who we really are as human being. It's interesting to hear you say that about fragmentation.、Um, given the occasion of this conversation, is a film broken up into eighteen, I think, parts and. And yet, what you're saying really resonates—that、um, that this film, for its many sections, doesn't feel fragmented to me. It feels sort of unified in some ways, in terms of the echoes that I hear between stories of, of authors who grew up at separate moments, but but seem to,、um, you know, in many ways, sort of draw upon and, and recount similar. Or no, let me backtrack. That not similar, but. I just I've who seem to recount a cohesive, I think, sense of the、um, rural changes and the literary changes and the spiritual changes. So that makes me curious about the the decision to divide this movie up、um, into these smaller segments and to have so much going on,、um, music with with you know,、uh, shots of labor with. The integration of, of poetry and, and all these things—a movie that, by all accounts, should feel fragmented—does not for me. And I'm curious about that tension. 嗯，这样的呃，一开始这部纪录片啊、呃，在我在构思的时候，它的结构主要是按时间来构筑的，也就是说，不同世代的四代人他们的。呃，经历必然是带来了中国一个线性的，从四十年代到今天的一个呃生活记忆，因为背后有共公共的记忆，比如说呃都经历过六十年代、七十年代、八十年代，是按这样一个年代排列的。但是影片拍完之后，我觉得我
在众多的碎片化的信息里面，因为每个人的讲述其实也都是碎片化的。当我们去整理这些讲述，寻找他们内在的情感逻辑的时候，会发现，就是实际上这这个这个一代一代的中国人都在解决一些基本的问题。这些基本的问题，每个问题不一样，但是有一个共同的，它是人生存基本要面临的问题，比如说吃饭、恋爱、自由恋爱的问题，啊、呃，比如说病。啊，比如说出生，啊，比如说这些这些这些问题，它让这部影片，即使这些人私人的的问题、私人的记忆，它也实际上是人类共同的经验，啊，就是在私人的经验里，我看到了人类共同的经验，呃、啊，在碎片化的这个不同角度的问题里面，我看到了它的公共性，这个公共性就是我们所。要面临的问题和解决的问题，它甚至可能可能会伴随人类一直有，呃，在不同的阶段我们要解决不同的问题，呃，那么从这个角度来看，它没有形成了一个整体，就是谈这个世界的困难和人的对策。So the original concept of this film, when we first started, I was going to somehow structure the film in a chronological order. Very much so, it's following the four generations of authors in a very linear way, to somehow put together not only the collective memories that they have from the 60s, 70s to the 80s, but also their personal and individual memories during that time. And of course, these memories and their, these recollections can be very, very fragmented. As I was collecting these fragmented re recollections of what happened, uh, experienced uh, by these four. Generations of authors, I suddenly realized that there are also certain emotional logics that I can somehow structure this particular film with, and the emotional logics are the ones that I think、uh, everyone can relate to because these are the basic problems and issues that we all need to deal with as human beings. So on the humanity level. I do think that because of the private memory, the individual memories that they have recounted, very much mirrors those universal problems that we all share on the humanity level, such as eating, such as love, such as disease, such as birth. So I thought that it might actually、um, be beneficial for me to not only structure everything. Chronologically, in a linear sense, but also somehow find that type of emotional. Uh, logics that is universal、uh, for us to all contemplate about that these indeed are the same exact issues and common problems that we need to face as human being, and somehow because of that particular angle, we can all see this as our own experience as well, and also find solutions to solve this、uh, as a whole on the humanity level. Um, well, I I want to thank you for speaking with me. I found this movie really,、um, like so much of your work, overwhelming and、uh, made me as as someone who has not lived these experiences think about how I would recount my own experiences in relationship to history. Of course, we're living in a moment right now where、uh, it is easy to sort of think about where you fit in the scheme of things.、Um, But but、uh, thank you. This is this has been a great conversation.